I get Welcome to another episode of the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast. Today, we're actually going to start a new chapter in the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast series, uh, whereas the last chapter we called the Crazy Bill Chronicles. This new chapter is called Family Tree Stories. And uh, before we get into the episode, which will be about our blind grandfather, I wanted to share one piece of listener feedback from uh, our friend BP in Colorado. And he said, do you, he said he was talking to somebody about our podcast or he was thinking about talking to somebody about our podcast or something. And he just wants everyone to know that we exaggerate nothing. And that if anything, we sometimes leave out like especially uh, compromising details. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? Because he's like, yeah, I'm uh-huh. afraid that my friends are going to think that you guys are exaggerating. But he's like, because I know a lot of the inside stories. He's mm-hmm. like, if anything, you guys, he's like, you know, you're, you're honest, but, you know, I notice here and there some details that could either get you in trouble or just kind of just not be the details you want recorded, you know, on the internet for the rest of your lives kind of don't make it in. So listeners know that if anything, you're just getting the R version, whereas there's really an X and even a triple X version of some of these stories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, find, I don't know about you, but I find myself filtering myself a lot more than listeners might appreciate. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. still, we're, we're, we're giving you the, the, the heart of the matter. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are certain things that just, you know, aren't for young ears. Yes. Yeah. Aren't for like, you know, aren't for, how do I say it? <clears throat> let's let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, so this episode is going to be about our blind grandfather, and we only knew him when he was blind. And Jay Bear, I know you just talked to mom about grandpa. Can you tell us so when did he become blind, and and what do you know about him becoming blind? Because we only knew him when he was blind. Right. So I know he went blind kind of around the age we are now, like mid to late forties. Okay. Um, yeah. So our mom was about 13 or 14 when he went blind. And as far as how he went blind, that's something that I've never really gotten the full scoop on. Well, Um, I know, but just so you know, I know that he had macular degeneration because grandma told me that it was the kind of thing that, Nowadays, I don't think they can reverse, but they can somehow stop it from getting worse. Right. Well, right. I I know that's the like the um, official story, but I'm just saying, like, you know, there've been rumors about even from our dad. Like, is that really like how he went blind? You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that's true. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I, I think I think what she said makes sense. Well, and I mean, and the rumor that I've heard from an unnamed source an unnamed source told it to another unnamed source was that mm-hmm. he was drinking like turpentine in the garage. Er, exactly. Which honestly, I don't believe. Yeah, no, just doesn't I mean, make sense. Nobody like drinks he, turpentine if it's not prohibition. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if you saw the lighthouse, that movie, but 
like those guys drank turpentine, but they were like pretty, pretty hard up for something to drink. And I don't think grandpa had any issue with getting booze at his house. No, he didn't have any issue with getting booze at his house. Yeah. And so the reason I think that's important to, to talk about that he didn't get blind until about middle age is he was, you know, a really handsome guy. The, the story that I heard mm-hmm. from grandma, although the, the ages wouldn't line up, were that he uh, he signed up for the army during World War II, but I actually wonder if it maybe if it was Korea. I'm not sure. He signed mm-hmm. up for the military um, on night exercises. He kept bumping into things. They're like, oh, that's weird because you know he was a handsome, good-looking, yeah. popular. Like he just he was living the suburban '50s and '60s dream, like a nice big house in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. I don't even, what was his profession? Do you know? I, I have never Gosh. known that. You know, that's something I used to know. I don't remember anymore. Probably, to be honest, it was probably like a factory worker or something. Probably like, Part, you know. Partly because like, that sounds right and partly because that seems like what everybody was kind of doing back then. In Cleveland, and especially in the Cleveland and, well, area. Yeah, 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 probably worked at Goodyear or whatever. But like uh, a good job there. Yeah, I mean, back when being working right. class was the equivalent now of being middle class or even upper middle class, which is a whole nother subject. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Dad told me when he saw NAFTA getting signed, he said, look, son, I'm the last generation where being working class is you can still have a modest home and send your kids to state college. And we're seeing the repercussions of that loss, you know, politically today mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. for sure. But anyway, so this guy had life. He was you know, he was doing great. He had a beautiful wife, mm-hmm. three or four beautiful kids. Um, you know, all the accoutrements, car, you know, a couple cars, nice big backyard where they had like, you know, barbecues and all this stuff. But when we met him, I wouldn't say he was a broken man, but he was, and you could tell this dude you know, there was a definite fall from what he'd had to living alone in a big, dark house, you know, kind of drinking pretty much all the time. Although when we were, when we were kind of shooting back and forth the show notes for this episode, you, you know, so the kind of family lore is like, yeah, grandpa was an alcoholic, but you said you, you never really saw him drunk. Did you? No, I never did. Kind of like I was telling you, I saw him like nursing like a big 40 ounce malt beer every day. Right. But like sometimes I would spend hours and hours with him and he would like never finish it. And yeah, he never really seemed like maybe there was once or twice where he drank a lot more or like I think on rare occasions he liked to drink like a shot or a few shots of something harder. But no, for the most part, I don't really remember him seeing him drunk what about you yeah. no not really no i mean really what strikes me is for a while especially in the late 70s and early 80s every time you me and mom would come to visit mm-hmm. there would be some like new weird home improvement like he had aluminum siding all of a sudden one day and then another day we walked into his living room and it looked 
very like den like it had like the, these fake do you remember that wall of like wall or two of like fake rocks it was like just plastic yeah. and it looked like the inside of a castle kind of which i thought was cool but oh yeah 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 but he would just sit there in the dark and that you know and, and i was actually explaining to my daughter the other day like yeah if you're blind and you can you know light doesn't really help you like when i would go visit my blind grandfather you know we could come at six in the afternoon, you know, six in the evening when it's, you know, the sun's been down for an hour in the winter in Cleveland, Ohio. And he's just sitting there in the dark, like he's cooking in the dark, you know, and, and, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had a hard time wrapping her head around that. And he would just kind of sit there at his, I just see him very clearly in like his, you know, polyester short sleeved yellow collared shirt, which was that (laughs) weird kind of seventies ish color of yellow, uh, you know, a beer in his hand, just kind of like, you know, his eyes were pretty much always closed because he was blind, I guess. Um, I don't know. Do all blind people keep their eyes closed all the time? Do I you know? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But his eyes were always closed. So like, you'd never really know whether he was just sitting there sleeping or listening intently. Right. Right. Because he always had an audiobook on. And it's actually, you know, I'm a huge, huge, huge audiobook fan. I mean, I've listened to thousands probably in my lifetime and it was actually being a little boy sitting with him there was this service back in the you know i'm sure it exists in some way shape or form they're probably completely digital now where he would get this little postcard and in braille and he would choose which audiobooks he wanted and i think there was like a little hole punch and then he would drop it back in the mail yeah and and it was kind of like netflix but for books on on record actually and they were those do you remember those super flimsy right yeah those super flimsy they these they, like those acetate records the kind that sometimes yeah. you would get even in like cereal boxes do you remember like right. in cereal yeah, boxes, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a mm-hmm. little single like the fred flintstone whatever <laughs> right. Fruity Pebbles yeah. theme song um so he was always just sitting there listening to those things listening to those things and i'd say about 40 percent of the time he was listening to the bible because he was a very, very religious guy. And then the other time, he'd just be listening to just all kinds of stuff. And, and what I remember in particular is sitting in his, you know, sitting at his kitchen table at night, I guess, because there wasn't any natural sunlight out, eating like I love pickles when I was a kid. So eating a jar full of pickles while he sat there and like listened to this book about Arctic explorers. And I just thought it was mm, the coolest thing. That's cool. And did he know you were there? Oh yeah, he knew I was there. So yeah, I mean, we just sit yeah. and listen together and it was kind of great. That's cool. That's really cool. And I also remember that uh, every time he would see us, especially if he hadn't seen us for a while, he would say, can I touch your face? Yeah. And he, he would also kind of put his hand on top of our head to see like roughly how tall we were. And it's it. I remember it feeling a little weird at first but then i actually came to really like it there was something really soothing about his grandpa hands like mm-hmm. figuring out who i was purely through touch yeah no i agree i i feel the exact same way oh yeah, and you know like really it was really tender almost yeah it was very tender and, and yeah. i guess the reason actually that his house was always in semi-different shape every time we showed up is because for a while he was you know, he was, you know, kind of like a lot of old people, he kind of fall prey to, you know, some door-to-door salesman is selling this Mm -hmm. weird, funky indoor rock thing decor and he would buy it. 
And, you know, the guy would convince him like why you need aluminum siding versus whatever siding you have now. And he would buy it. And I remember Uncle John would get kind of upset with him. So what do you remember? Like, how, how do you describe grandpa to people? Um, I think everything you said is pretty spot on. Um, I think, you know, it's funny you were saying not that he was like defeated, but maybe the way I think about it is humbled by life. Not really yeah. defeated, but just kind of knocked down a peg or humbled. Um, he was a very sweet, kind guy too, I thought. He was. And I, I remember like he's the kind of Christian Christian I like because he was mm-hmm. he was definitely a, a you know, God is love kind of Christian, yeah. not a like God is damnation and hellfire kind of Christian. Right. Now and as yeah, far- he was, uh, go ahead. No, no, just that's it. Just a very cool um you know, interesting guy. He was, he was like, one thing I remember about him, even being a kid is like, he was a really good conversationalist. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Cause he would have, mm-hmm. when we weren't sitting there quietly, he would like actually talk to us because yeah. that was his only way to, I mean, when it, yes, I guess conversation is your only way to get to know somebody, whether you're sighted or not, but just like right. words, he was almost like a friendly Mr. Kurtz in apocalypse now. You know, where like you would just have like these like kind of like cool monologues and also uh-huh. these like kind of cool but deep conversations with you. Yeah. Yeah. And while, what I wanted to say is I also think it's important for people to understand the reason he was a little bit humbled or even sometimes I felt like even my little boy mind was able to grasp like, wow, this is a guy that's kind of like fallen you know he's he's kind of like seen his dreams evaporate because he was this you know good looking guy good looking mm-hmm. wife living the suburban dream becomes blind which i'm sure would have been hard enough but you know he obviously couldn't do his job because you know from what i know once he went blind he basically stopped working um right. and his wife from what i know started having an affair with that snake in the grass, as grandpa would always call him, the next door neighbor, Jim. Yeah. And Jim was our step grandpa. And I didn't learn a lot about, I didn't, you know, we just called him, what, what did we call Jim? Did we call him grandpa Jim or No, Jim? I, I just remember calling him Jim. Yeah, I think that's right. So I don't know exactly how it went down, but after he lost his sight, he lost his job, he lost mm-hmm. his wife, and kind of lost his family. And then this family, this home that had been full of, you know, kids and cookouts and all this stuff, he was just kind of alone, man, like most yeah. of the time. It's funny. There's there's a picture of him when he still had his sight. With it's like some you've probably seen it. It's like a small party or something in the kitchen of the house, I think. Yes, yes. And he's looking very dapper, and there's like a very young toddler Uncle John next to him. Oh yeah, yeah. And just in that picture, he reminds me like so much of like a Jack Kerouac or kind of like hip beat figure of that time. Yeah. And just, yeah he lost all of that. Yeah, to me, it was almost like he almost had more of that Don Draper look, like a, a slightly mm-hmm. a less mm-hmm. edgy Don Draper. Okay. Yeah, but but definitely that. But like, yeah, that you thing. get my point. Like that For kind of. Sure. Yeah. Now, so he even though he lived alone in that house, he would have you know family came and visited him a lot, uh, and part of the reason for that is 
like his house became the house that when people didn't have a place, like, you know, Uncle John was between apartments or jobs or mom, you know, you mean, I remember when we left Phoenix, when mom left uh, our dad with us, we stayed uh, on the living room floor at, at grandpa's house. Um, I think Aunt Gail even lived there for a while. And, you know, like I said, grandma would come often, but he also had this, do you remember Dorothy? Yes. What do you know about Dorothy? Cause I'm just curious what you remember. Cause I remember some, some kind of juicy stuff. <laughs> so at the time I just thought of Dorothy as kind of like this kindly friend of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I think grandma even described her as like a helper. So in my mind, I just thought she was like a friend slash maybe like hired help or something or just somebody that like, yeah, just like wanted to help them. But then later, you probably have heard more about this, but I heard more that, you know, she was definitely like a helper of some kind. Yeah. To put it mildly. Right. Oh, helper in the bedroom. Is that what you're saying? Helper in the bedroom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and what I find fascinating, um, especially, you know, I think a lot about this because of, uh, you know, the bald move guys and talking, them talking about being ex Jehovah's witnesses, but she was a, she was like kind of a, a straying Jehovah's witness in the late seventies, mm. early eighties, who was married, but having an affair with this blind dude. Grandpa. Yeah. Having an affair with grandpa. Yeah. Like, so she was a fault. Like she was like okay. kind of being pulled in two directions, like into grandpa's, you know, bedroom of love and into like the the Jehovah's Witnesses church. So oh, she was wow. like this weird kind of figure. I didn't know she was like, if she was seeing him romantically, that it was like, while well, she was still married. You know, I would love to ask mom. And if, if we get an yeah. answer, we can add a little, we'll, we'll drop a little update in. Yeah. But I wonder, part of me wonders if she was like, you know, going door to door and because he was a lonely, kind of open-minded dude, she started spending a lot of time with him thinking like, oh, I'm going to bring somebody new into the church. And mm-hmm. then I guess he just, you know, practice his charm. I mean, apparently, even though he was blind and old, he was still, you know, able to get girlfriends, which. I mean, yeah, you you can be blind, but you don't like just lose your looks or even charm, I guess, automatically, you know. That's true. And, you know your sense of touch becomes that much more refined. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are you Uh, laughing about? I'm just saying like, cause you can read braille better and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Josh, you can read braille better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If that's what you want to call it. So, so, so what, what other memories do you have of grandpa? Cause I know you told me, and I didn't know this, but, Mm-hmm. He had some kind of funny ideas. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Like I'm thinking about funny. the coyotes. Yeah. So like, you know, you mentioned um, his like talking record things. So like once we moved back here to Arizona and I started going back out there for the summer, whenever I would see him, he would always ask me, hey, have you seen any coyotes? I'd be like, no. And then he would go on this, have this long talk about how, well, he's listened to a lot of books about coyotes and he thinks like he's, he was really into them and he thought they were really interesting. And he just thought like, so really you haven't seen any? And he'd always be like, yeah. Yeah. He would always almost be like a little disappointed. Um, 
yeah, I guess he just thought like coyotes are just walking all over the place out here or something out in Arizona. But, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was cool. Like even at the time it kind of tickled me a little bit and I, I, I don't know, it's just fun talking to him about and other stories. Like, do you remember him really being afraid of the devil? Like the yeah. actual person of the devil? Yeah, well, when you mentioned it, like whenever he would lose his wallet, he wouldn't say like, or whatever, he wouldn't say, yeah. oh, I misplaced it. Like he was very convinced that the actual devil himself right, was like messing like, with him. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Like loses, misplaced his wallet or one time he even thought Satan pushed him down the stairs. Like, jeez. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but. Whenever he would go on these rants about the devil doing bad shit to him, Aunt Kim would always be like, you know, John, the only spirits here are in your bottle or something like that. <laughs> like, like, settle down. Like, there's no devil here. Like, just they're in your bottle. Would Aunt Kim tell him that? The only spirits yeah. are in your bottle? What yeah, would he say? That, I just that always cracked me up. I don't remember what he said to that. Okay. I, I just wonder if you kind of take it like, oh, yeah, you're right. Or like. You don't know. You know, I just was curious, yeah, like, how yeah, literally no. you really took this. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was funny, and it always kind of cracked me up. And I guess also we should say that what was interesting about him, you know, his wife leaving him, is that she still stayed close to him as far as, like, doing his shopping. Yeah. Um, you know, she was there at least two, three times a week, but she, you know, she didn't just have an affair with the neighbor. She wound up eventually marrying him once all her kids were grown, I think. And so Grandpa Jim was our step-grandpa, and, or Jim was our step-grandpa, and we knew that him and Grandma were married. But it took me, it wasn't really until I was a teenager, I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. Grandma left him. And I remember I kind of broached the subject with grandma and like, I don't want to play the blame game, but she's like, look, like he was going blind. And instead of, you know, doing what needed to be done, I mean, basically she was like, look, of course it's a loss. Of course it's super hard. But instead of like doing what needed to be done, maybe learning a trade he could have done just with his hands, you know, learning whatever or doing whatever, you know, taking part in programs to retrain the blind or to give blind people a job or whatever, he just went straight to the bottle and he was, you know, she's like, you know, luckily you, you don't see it, but you know, your grandpa has a very nasty side. And so, so she mm -hmm. was kind of saying like, it's easy to look on from afar, but until you've actually been there, it's kind of hard. Like until you actually know what went on, like, you know, yeah. in private, it's, it's hard to say, but did you ever like, what did, did grandma ever talk to you about that? No, no. I feel like I may have overheard her talk to either you or other people about that, but I don't think we ever had like a direct conversation about that. Yeah. And I think it was me just being more of a teenage jerk and being like, well, you left grandpa. And she's like, well, you don't, you know, grandpa, instead of trying to lift himself mm -hmm. up, turn to the bottle. Like, you know, it, yeah. it wasn't that easy. Yeah. But grandpa, you know, very understand. Now, like once I was a teenager, I understood. But like when I was a kid, I was like, what does grandpa have against Jim? Because, man, <laughs> if you wanted to work grandpa up, 
I mean, we would never do it on purpose, but like if anybody, especially as innocent kids just said like, oh yeah, Jim took us to the carnival or something mm-hmm. like that. And he would go off. He's like that lion snake in the snake grass. In the grass. Yeah. I don't want him touching my grandchildren. I don't want him looking at my grandchildren. I mean, he would get really yeah. pissed. He would tell Yeah. I mean, but he would tell me, like, you know, when that snake in the grass is dead, I'm going to dance on his grave. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And I, I don't think there was much love lost between those two. God, no. So, do you think grandma stayed close with him and did things for him out of guilt or do you think it was more like well our marriage didn't work out but I still want to be friends it's hard to say I think there was I can't help but think there was a big element of guilt even if she was totally within her rights yeah and you know sometimes we do things totally within our rights but then society looks at us a different way and we're like well Mm. no the guy needs help anyways like I don't feel guilty per se but like what's it gonna hurt to help him out he but i do go ahead yeah no just like well he is still the father of my kids and for their sake at least yeah 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 what were you gonna say um but i do feel like she like had genuine warmth for him yeah yeah i remember that too and you told me once that like kind of towards the end of his life, he was kind of hoping to rekindle those flames. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was his last, the last time I saw him alive, like that summer, um, he had, he went to the hospice towards the end of my stay, but like at the beginning, he, we, we all knew he had cancer, right? Right. He had prostate cancer. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but at the beginning of that summer, or at least when I was there, he was still at his house and I was staying with grandma, but like we came over and stayed a few nights, I think. And I remember one night, like, I don't know, I was like watching TV late or something. And I heard this like noise coming from downstairs and it was like a yelling. So I was like, what the hell's going on? And it turns out it wasn't like an angry yelling. <laughs> But it was grandpa like whining. He was like, like really loudly. I don't know if he was really drunk or just sad because he knew how sick he was. But he's like, oh, Helen, please. Which is our grandma's name. Which is our grandma's name. Please just give me some love in one more time. And she would like very sternly be like, no, no, Jack. Because, you know, Jack was. Oh, yeah. She called him. Yeah. She called him Jack. Like, no, Jack, you know. I forget exactly what she said, but she made it clear she didn't want any part of it. And he just kept going on like, oh, please, we were married. We had a lot of good years. Let's just one more time. Give me some love. <laughs> and it was it was kind of cringy, but it was kind of awesome in another way. Yeah. Kind of like last last tango. Last hurrah. Final yeah. Tango. Yeah. Yeah. So were you when you were a little kid, were you embarrassed by grandpa or like how did you feel? That's a good question. Um, I don't remember feeling embarrassed. Did you have that impression? No, I was just because I'll tell you, I was I, I wasn't embarrassed per, about just him, but I realized like, man, I got a kind of crazy family. Like, you yeah. know, when I would when I would meet kids in the neighborhood, you know, Bobby. So I, we became really good friends with um, Bobby and Amber, who just because they lived right across the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
we would kind of drop in and out of that neighborhood a lot. So like on the one hand, we were kind of regulars, but, uh, you know, other times, you know, we'd be, we went to this undeveloped like irrigation ditch where all the kids play all the, especially all the boys played on their dirt bike. Cause it was basically like a natural half pipe. And, you know, like that was the thing to do and mentor in the early eighties was go to the big ditch on your bicycle and just hang out and like buy a pop on the way, you know, buy a Coke or something on the way yeah. there and just hang out. And then as we got older, it was like, get some cigarettes. Cigarettes, and yeah. And as we got even a little older, it was like, maybe borrow some of grandpa's beer. and Because mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I remember, it, I mean, it worked in, in, the, in the early 80s. I would say, or I guess it was the mid, more the mid 80s at that, by that time I was that age. But I would go to the store, the local store, and I would say, oh, yeah, I need a pack of cigarettes for my grandpa. And they'd yeah. be like, oh, okay, here you go. And, Dude, but anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, and he would, I don't know about you, but he would like send me to the liquor store with a little note and be like, I hate with some, with some cash and a note saying like, you know, please give Jesse whatever. And they would. Wow. I, it was different times. Oh, you man, didn't know I that? Didn't know that. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess he knew better than to send me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like that. Josh will swipe it. But when Bobby was so like, as far as like, you know, the, the neighborhood kids, like when Bobby would introduce me, like, oh, this is Josh. Like I've known him for a long time. And they'd be like, oh, that's weird. Like, cause I've never seen you around. And like, oh yeah, he just comes to visit his grandpa. He's the mm-hmm. blind guy who lives on, what is it? Menor Park Boulevard. Menor Park Boulevard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody knew, like not everybody, but a lot of people knew who grandpa was because I mean, I guess, you know, it's a small town and. Right. I don't know. They just, they knew who he was. And so it, it wasn't so much being embarrassed about him, but just like, man, I kind of have the crazy family. Like we're always moving. Like every time Bobby would see me, he's like, Oh, are you guys in the same place? Like, no, we just moved. We were Mm -hmm. always moving. Um, you know, we never had a phone or, you know, not for long. That was always kind of embarrassing. Like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like the weirdo. And then, and then like, instead of just having the normal grandpa and a normal house, like it was like, the grand, the blind grandpa who had been in the neighborhood for 30 ish years, but there was all this like drama and like, sometimes yeah. you get in like yelling matches with John in the front porch and whatever. There was just like, it was like, it just was like a very, I want to say very drama filled, but there was some real big fights because mm-hmm. I think there was still a lot of like raw emotion over you know, the divorce and the separation and, you know, I'm sure some of the kids blame grandma and some of them blame grandpa and some of them blame, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. it it was just kind of a nexus for, um, passions to run high. Yeah. Yeah. But But now I feel so lucky. Oh, I know. I feel so lucky because he was such a cool, yeah. like I've never met anybody like him. He was just probably one of the sweetest. Mm Mm-hmm just kind he was just so kind and gentle yeah and he was bitter about some things but he was he wasn't bitter about life he wasn't bitter about the world in general yeah that's a really good way to put it yeah yeah oh so did so you mentioned earlier about the last time like what was the very last time you saw him so it was that same summer that i was mentioning earlier Mm mm-hmm but um, a little bit later, and his cancer had progressed, and he was in hospice. And me, grandma, and mom went over to see him. And, you know, we went 
told the lady we were here to see Jack. And he comes, they bring him into the room we're in. And he, his face, like, even for a blind man, his face was like lit up like a Christmas tree. He was like, so, yeah, it was so cool and sweet. He was so happy to see us. And it was just like a really, really good, like, kind of ideal last visit with somebody. Oh, that's great. No, it, no yeah. and like that reminds me like when he would talk about, you know, God is a God of love. I remember once mm-hmm. we were listening to his audio books, uh, you know, his book, his Bible on tape and he stopped it and he's like, do you know how much love God has? And I was like, uh, no, you know, and I'm like first, second grade. And he's like, God has more love in his little pinky. And he's like, here, give me your hand. And he like took my pinky. He's like, uh-huh. he has more love in his little pinky than all the love, all the kids feel for their mommies and daddies, all the love that people feel for each other in this world, which is a lot of love. God has that much love just in his pinky. And I was just like kind of blown away, like in mm-hmm. my little kid way. Like it's actually a great way to yeah to, to talk to kids and to realize like no dude we're not talking like love like normal love you love daddy you love mom and we're talking like love beyond imagination I mean right. so it makes me so that just remind he did so I think I wonder if that was his solace and the source of his sweetness I think or if so. he always kind of had that yeah I don't know I don't know um, and then his house was kind of a character in and of itself I mean. We one we would have a lot of fun there. Like we would, mm-hmm. he had these kind of Christmas trees lining this long front porch that was just as long as the whole the whole house, just as wide as the whole house. We would climb up those Christmas trees, especially in the summertime. We would jump off the roof a lot. Um, there was an you know it was a house with an attic. I, I know we like played a lot in the attic, even though it was sometimes kind of scary. We actually lived uh, with mom up in the room next to the attic at the top of those stairs. Yeah. And then as we got older, we would climb out the window onto the roof and smoke cigarettes and stuff. But like, what do you remember about his house? I remember all of that. Um, I think I probably remembered being a little creepier and scarier than you do. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of maybe not when I was super duper young, but once I started reaching like tens and teens, like, I don't know, just kind of got like a, almost like a bad energy vibe. Really? Okay. Like on his, in a supernatural level, like if that kind of stuff is real, you know, like, I don't know, but, um, and did you have like a weird vision there one day? Well, too? I, was, I was just going to say one thing that probably didn't help <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> I was like six or seven, I think. Yeah. And I was in that laundry room and I don't know what I was. Oh, because I think wasn't there like a half bathroom in there or something? Yeah, there was. Yeah, I think I was been going there. And I walked out and all of a sudden you remember that show from the 80s, um, The Joker's Wild? Yeah. Yeah. And you know that like cartoon like devil thing that was in that show? Yeah. That whole thing, like basically the joker's wild devil filled up that whole room and was like laughing at me like oh my gosh it was the scariest shit and i ran out like into the um dining room where his table was and him and uncle john were there and it was weird because this like vision or whatever you want to call it like it didn't follow me it just kind of stayed in that room from what i remember okay 
And I told Uncle John, maybe Grandpa was asleep. I don't know. But I remember it was Uncle John that I told. And he was like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he just kind of like laughed and kind of brushed it off. Um, hmm. Now, years later, I heard dad tell me that when I told him this story, he thought that John gave me like mescaline or something. Cause I guess like he had given his cats acid and other hallucinogens. Huh. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but that's what dad told me. And when he said that it kind of in a weird way explained it, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty messed up to give your animals, you know, hallucinogenics but I think that's I, I would I would hope that you wouldn't give it to like your uh, nephew. I would hope, but he was kind of a nut, dude. And those were he different was. times. Those were different times. He was kind of a nut. But um also like it also doesn't make sense because you wouldn't just if that was true, you wouldn't just have one vision and then it's over. Like it yeah. would have lasted for hours. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, no, no. I know. Just I don't know what else it was. And then he, you said you brought it up but i don't remember you did like some kid ran from our house screaming or something yeah so you mentioned that upstairs bedroom across from the um attic yeah and one time we had a sleepover with bobby and some friend of his i don't think he was really your friend but um jimmy and we were hanging out in that room all night you know having fun and i woke up you and bobby were still asleep i woke up it was like seven or something and mm-hmm. Jimmy woke up like really abruptly. He's like, ah, 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 I got to get out of this house. I got to get out of this fucking house. It's like, oh my what? God. I was like, what? Are you okay? He's like, he just kept going on and on about how like this house was bad. It was a bad house and he had to get out. And he like literally just like put his shirt on and ran, ran down the stairs and like bolted out of there. Wow. It's it weird. Really I have- weird. I have zero memory of that. Was I just sleeping really? as usual? Was I Probably. sleeping? I, I guess don't I remember. I guess. Up. Maybe I just woke up. He was gone and you tried to tell me. And I was just like, oh, okay. You know, in my like. Whatever. Yeah. I, wow. That's crazy. If like just, you know, I, I definitely hope there's some kind of afterlife. I don't know mm-hmm. if there is. I know it's like probably not, but still like I hope there is. Like mm-hmm. also part of me thinks like. Could I have imagined this life before it happened? No, I wasn't. I didn't have the equipment to imagine this life because like I didn't exist. Right. So let's just say, so just hypothetically speaking, let's say there is some kind of afterlife and you get to see grandpa again. Like, what would you tell him? Mm, That's a really good question. I mean, I can tell you, go ahead. No, I mean, I don't know that I would tell him anything. I think like anybody I knew that died, I would more ask them like, you know, kind of like basic questions. Like, were you watching me? What did you think if you were like, as my life went by you? Like, you know, did you see all my private moments? (laughs) 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 What did you think? (laughs) What were you thinking? (laughs) Were you impressed? (laughs) no like did you ever intervene like yeah i don't know like as a starting point at least what would you say 
No, I mean, you know, if I could, you know, I, I maybe a better way to say is like, what do I wish I could have told him the last time I saw him? Mm-hmm. I would just, although the thing is, I didn't know this the last time I saw him, but like he really gave me a love of audio mm-hmm. that like I've been listening to audio, you know, when he died and grandma asked me what I wanted of his, I said, oh, can I have his Bible on tape? Mm-hmm. So, you know, as young as 2021, 20, to help me fall asleep and to just kind of help me relax. I've always, so once I'm asleep, like I'm asleep forever, but I have always had a hard time falling asleep and she did. She gave me his, I think it was, who's the dude who played Darth Vader? What's his name? Uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was James Earl Jones reads the Bible wow. Wow. and I'd heard it at his house hundreds of times. So every time I listened to it, it kind of just gave me that feeling of like peace and mm-hmm. just, coolness that I got whenever I would hang out and listen with grandpa to, to any audiobook. So I would tell him that, that it gave me a real love of audio. You know, I have to, I've been listening to audiobooks my whole life, which is cool. Um, and I think it's cool that he gave me that a tendency to like, and the cool thing about audiobooks is it, it, it makes you really listen. Like you have to be an active yeah. listener. Like you right. can't just put it on like there's no background audio i mean maybe there are but whatever um that would be it. and it's just that you know out of all the like quote-unquote christians i've met that even though he had the most reason to be very bitter he actually kept this very loving worldview and just vibe towards the world towards people mm-hmm. towards everyone mm-hmm. he met um, and it makes me really happy to hear that the the um nurses that he was like an you know uh, you told me once the nurses said he was like an amazing patient oh, um yeah. yeah and like a pleasure right like he yeah, he was no. a dude who just brought joy into mm-hmm. people like he just, he was a pleasure he was truly a pleasure to be around no 100 percent. yeah yeah. And I would probably ask him a little bit more about what happened. Although maybe by the time you're at the afterlife, you're like, why do I care about all this human exactly. drama? But I mean, I am kind of curious, but still, I would want him to know that he actually gave me some really cool things. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. So any final words or final stories? It's funny, dude. When you were talking about like, you realize you, what a weird family you had or whatever. I was thinking like, that's kind of been the story of my life. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, sometimes I'm jealous. I don't know about you, but like jealous of people who like have had like normal lives, quote unquote. Yeah. But also I just think I think people have normal lives, quote unquote, it at least maybe looks a little bit more normal from the outside, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the beavers, you know, or whatever, the cleavers, the be- you know, mm-hmm. beaver cleavers family. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody has skeletons in their closet. Yeah. Yeah. But we just have skeletons like nailed to our front door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. What about you? Um, I'll just say that the last time I did see him, it was that time I kind of got in trouble for helping that one girl run away. And then the police came in the morning and like rousted me from bed. And, um, and he was, I know he was like pretty much in a tizzy. Do you remember that? Were you there? I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I really knew like at the time what was going on. 
Really? Okay. I mean, I feel bad. I kind of, I don't feel awful, but I mean, I do wish I would have had a more, you know, storybook last. And he wasn't mad at me, but just, he was, you know. Mad at the situation, kind of. Well, it was just easy for him to get overwhelmed. Like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. Where's, where's Rocky J? Like, wait, why are there cops coming to my house? Like searching mm-hmm. through the attic. They don't know where him and this chick are. Sure. So, you know, that's not like a crowning moment. Um, yeah, but. But I mean, I didn't think anybody was going to know. I thought I was just going to sneak out that night, come in, right. come home in the morning and no big deal. So it wasn't like I was trying to be a jerk or anything like that. I was just being. You yeah. Know, and knowing self. him, I'm sure he, I'm sure he got over it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he did. He was pretty like, like on the one hand broken, on the other hand, like surprisingly resilient. I just think mm-hmm. he just didn't sweat the small things. I just think it's that simple. Mm-hmm. 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 And I guess like once you've lost your sight and you're, you know, lost your, your, you know, ideal life uh, as he saw it, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're probably right. All right, then right. listeners, thanks for listening uh, to the two brothers, one dad dead podcast, listening to us reminisce about our uh, late grandfather he was a cool guy. Um, rest Very in cool. power, bro. Rest in power. <laughs> Thanks, Jay Bear. Thanks, Rocky J. Thanks, Rocky J.